Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. In the same way that God would say, I've given this person to you, I've given this group to you as a gift. I'm telling you guys that within the body of Christ, when people yield their gifts in service, they are a gift to the body. Now, it's a gift from God, right? The Levites in obedience, they would become a gift from God to the priesthood, to the ministry. God called them. God told them what to do. The only reason they're there serving as Levites is because God called them and equipped them to do so. Every person who works for the body of Christ is a gift to the body from God. God loves his church and desires to see her holy and perfect in every way. Because of this, he gave her pastors and teachers. He gave her nursery workers to share his love with the children. He gave her admins to keep things running smoothly. He gives us to each other to serve each other. Pastor Bill will look at the body as a whole today and help us remember that the people in our church are a gift to us from God. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Numbers chapter 18 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. God's about rescue. He's not about, but, but hell is there. And so if you won't have Jesus, you will have wrath. And so the same is true here. God is saying, look, I put these things in place that I wouldn't have to pour out my wrath on the people. And so another another thing for us to consider with our ministry. And again, I see a similarity in the ministry in the church that us serving in the church, us using our gifts in the body of Christ. That's one of the goals that the goal is that as time goes on, there'll be some people that are not going to meet God in his wrath because we're using our gifts here. I can look over the history of our church and there are people that are in our fellowship now that when we met them, they weren't saved yet. They weren't going to heaven yet, but now they are. It's not just me. It's a whole collaboration of things. There are people that other people in the church led to the Lord and brought them with them. And there's a whole lot that goes on. There are people that are working paperwork, doing bulletins, cleaning bathrooms, setting up chairs, setting up sound, preparing messages. There's happens in the kids rooms, happens in the youth rooms. It's everywhere there. But when you look at the whole body, everybody doing their part, somebody, I brought my friend so they can come hear it. And that's somebody, somebody doing their part so that, that this person doesn't endure the wrath of God. Someone over here helping clean up so there's a clean place for people to come and be welcome and all the different pieces and parts that are happening, the end result. And that's our goal, right? Why are we doing all this? Why is setting up, tearing down, putting this, doing that now? Why all that? Because there'll be some people that are going to make it into heaven. There'll be some believers that know Jesus better. There'll be some people that as they're taught the word, they're going to glorify God more fully as they come into a fuller understanding of who he is and what he did for them through the teaching of the word. And there are going to be some people that come into these doors. They come into the doors going to hell and they leave out going to heaven. There isn't a bigger miracle than that. And whatever that costs, I'll pay it. I'll pay it over and over and over again to see people come from darkness into light. And so God says here, you guys get to be a part of that. He told them, and I'm saying to you guys, we also get to be a part of that. But I'm challenging you guys, make sure you're a part of that, right? Make sure you're not a spectator. My son is playing basketball. He made the little junior high basketball team, and they, it ain't looking real hot. <laughs> you know, they got a little, their squad is, you know, it is what it is, you know. So I'm sitting there watching, and, you know, I'm a dad. You know, I'm like, man, I, I'm looking, and you want to see them do it. You know, you want to see them get it and go and and I'm looking at these fellas out there and I'm saying, man, you know, 
I'm looking at some bodies. I'm like, if I could just put a heart in that big old body, you know, it looked like the kids with all the heart are tiny. And then the big old kids are like, here, my elbow, <laughs> just like this, you know. And I, as I watch them, I'm thinking, man, if everybody was doing their part, right, if the kids that are big play like big kids, the kids that are fast were doing, it, you could still, this could work. You, it could all be put together. Now, you're, I'm out there observing. I'm like, that kid should be here, that one here, that one, somebody need to pull him aside, talk to him, coach him up a little bit, make him a man, put him back out there. And, and then, then we have something to work with. You, we got a frame of what to work with. But if we don't get all that stuff going, it's just, it's going to be a rough season. It's going to be ineffective. And as I was thinking on that, right, thinking on us, and it's, it's so true within the church. In the same way you can look at a group of kids and say, man, that kid has such potential. He's so big and tall. If he could only play strong in the middle, you know, he could, he's taller. He, he would do good at this thing right here. And as you look at the body, you'll see people like, man, I see this person with that gift, but they just won't sell out to use it for the Lord. They won't, their heart's not in it yet. And you're looking and you see the potential and it's the most frustrating thing in the world. I'd almost rather somebody have no potential and be sorry. And you just can feel sorry for him. Like, you poor, you need, to, you need to play pool or something, you know, but, uh, you know, then to see somebody with all the potential, they just won't walk in it. That's frustrating because it's like, man, you're that piece, you know, you, but you won't play your part. And so, again, I don't say that to put anybody down. I say that to build everybody up, that we all have a part and we all want to, man, be, do your part. Be the part you're supposed to be in the kingdom, in the body. There won't be anything more fulfilling than that. And there won't be anything more lame than you sitting on the bench with all the gifts and abilities to help your team in an area that they need help. And you're watching them lose game after game because you won't get off the bench and do your part. Right. In the kingdom of God, we want to play our role. We want to do our part. And it's not a game. It's bigger than a game. But we want to do our part. Amen. Look at verse six. It says, behold, I myself have taken your brethren, the Levites from among the children of Israel. They are a gift to you given by the Lord to do the work of the tabernacle of meeting. I thought this is interesting. He's also going to tell the Levites, I mean, the priests that they're a gift. But here he tells the priest, look, I've given you the Levites. He says they are a gift to you. They're a gift, right? I've given them a particular calling. You guys are going to need some help. I want you guys to be able to focus on the part of the ministry I've given you to do. So I've given you the Levites, that whole lane of people. They're going to be a gift to help you out. I just want you to consider everybody here knows what a gift is, right? A gift is something that's given. You don't earn a gift. You don't necessarily deserve a gift. What do you do with a gift? You receive it and use it, hopefully, if you like it, you know, unless it's a bad gift. You know, you can, some people can receive a gift and then just some people be re-gifting gifts and uh, give them back out. <laughs> I didn't want that anyway. But, you know, here God says, I've given you the Levites. They're a gift to you from me. Right. I mean, I've given them that particular calling that they might come alongside you and help you in your calling that you might all be more effective at glorifying me. And again, as I look at that and I read that, this is, this is way back when. This is the tabernacle of meeting. This is the way God was meeting with his people back here. But New Testament, God's giving gifts too. He's giving gifts to the body of Christ. Now, none of us are going to walk around saying, well, I'm God's gift to Calvary Chapel Inglewood. You know, <laughs> you know that, that's, that's not where we're going with this, right? But in the same way that God would say, I've given this person to you. I've given this group to you as a gift. I'm telling you guys that within the body of Christ, when people yield their gifts in service, they are a gift to the body. 
Now, it's a gift from God, right? The Levites in obedience, they would become a gift from God to the priesthood, to the ministry. God called them. God told them what to do. The only reason they're there serving as Levites is because God called them and equipped them to do so. And God said, now I'm giving them to you. They're going to be a gift. They're going to help you do what you guys are called to do. Within the body of Christ, there are people with gifts. I was talking to my wife. There's a kid. Well, he's not a kid. He's a grown man now. But when I was, for all the years that I did youth ministry, there was this kid named Dustin. And when I first started there, I think he had just come from eighth to ninth grade. And I don't know that I know another person. Well, there are other people, I'm sure. But he has the gift of service. And just, I mean, he just would serve. And I remember having him and someone taught him how to do sound. Boom. You never had to do sound again. He just, he had sound down packed. He had it all dialed in. He could train other kids to do sound. He would do the wiring. He's a very meticulous guy. He would make the wires would all be neat and taped down. And he was just wham, bam. That was, that was his thing. And I remember at a point in time as he kept getting older with the Bible college and us youth pastors were fighting over him. Because the junior high guy was like, hey, I need him in junior high. I got a teaching spot open for him. So he stole him from me to let him teach. And I had to let him go to teach. What a testimony to him that behind closed doors, pastors are fighting with each other like, hey, I need to ask Dustin to go to camp with me. You know, and when I would do camps, if I would bring Dustin for camp, I wouldn't have to touch. He would he would have a van. He would load up all the sound equipment. He had a checklist that he had made. He would come back and be like, you got this, you got this, you got this, you got this. And it was like, wow, dude, you know, he was a gift to the ministry. He's still serving there as a junior high pastor. He's a, my son's Bible teacher at the school. But we fought over him because hey, it was a gift. He helped. He helped the ministry go better. Right. And among us, there are people just like that with their particular gifts. That was his particular gift, the gift of service and helps. And he did it with all of his heart. And it was so helpful. And I could t- I could look over the years and. The part he played wasn't necessarily up preaching, but he played a part in so many people getting saved, getting born again, being discipled, being built up, just doing his part in the body. And so God tells him, I've given these people to you as a gift. I've given the Levites as a gift. They're going to help the work to go forward. Now, we'll come to Ephesians 4 at the very end, but, you know, God has also given gifts to us that we might fulfill his purpose. Let's look at verse 7. Therefore, you and your sons with you shall attend to the priesthood for everything at the altar and behind the veil. And you shall serve. I give your priesthood to you as a gift for service. But the outsider who comes near you shall be put to death. Now, he tells him here, not only have I given the Levites to you as a gift to you, he says, I give you your priesthood to you as a gift. Now, notice it's a gift for service. Not just a gift for you to open up. It's a gift with a purpose. It's a gift for service, right? The gifts that God gives us are gifts with purpose too, right? They're gifts with the purpose of serving others. That's something unique about the body of Christ. In the world, when people are gifted, they serve themselves with their gifts. And that's the difference. This is for me. This is for me to get mine and me to get a career, for me to blow up, for me to do this, for me to do that. In the body of Christ, God gives gifts for service. I've given you that particular gift that you might serve others and serve me with those gifts. And so, again, I would challenge everybody here. I would ask you that question. Are you serving God with your gifts? Are your gifts being used in service? Or do you have gifts right now that you would say, I know I have this gift and I'm just kind of sitting on it for right now? Because I'm going to encourage you to get up off that thing. 
that you wouldn't sit on it any longer. But if God's given you a gift for service, that you would put that gift into service and, and let God be glorified and the body be edified through your particular gifts. Now, I want to have everybody, you can leave a marker in numbers, but I, I'd like everybody to look at Ephesians 4 with me. You would turn there, turn to Ephesians 4, and I want to read verses 11 through 16 with us. Give everybody a minute to turn there. Ephesians 4, we're going to look at 11 through 16. While you guys are turning there, within the, the priests and the Levites, everyone had a part to play. The priest had his job and function. The Levite had his job and his function. And the parallel for you and I is, you know, we're not under the Old Testament law. We're not in, under Levitical priesthood. We don't come before the Lord in that way. But I want us to I want to make sure that we see where we do line up. We're not going to be offering sacrifices. Who's the sacrifice for us? We know it's Jesus. Right. But so I'm not standing before people offering sacrifices for them. I'm telling people about the sacrifice that's been offered for them. That's what we're doing now. Now there are people on this side that don't know the Lord or are separated from the Lord or eyes are blinded from the Lord or whatever. And we're we're taking them before the Lord in prayer. We need to pray for non-believers. We need to pray for those that we love that are having a hard time seeing that they need the Lord. We need to pray for them, intercede for them, evangelize them, grab them, take them to church. You know, not when I say grab them, don't 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 strong arm nobody, you know, but we want to be. That's our part. I want to see. I'm going to do all I can do to bring you to Jesus. That was the goal of those gifts, that, that God's wrath wouldn't fall upon people. But look at this in Ephesians with me, Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. It says that he gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. And if it just, I just want to look at that real quick. First, he says, I give some to be apostles. An apostle is a sent out one. It could be argued that, you know, a, a guy that goes out to plant a church is functioning as an apostle. He doesn't need a title. He doesn't need to be acknowledged or called an apostle, but it's a sent out one. Someone that's been sent out to plant a work. That's what Paul did. Paul would go here, plant a church, go here, plant another one, you know, go over here and plant another one. He was an apostle. He was a sent out one. He was sent out by God to do the things that he was doing. God said, I gave some people into the body to go out and do that work. I've also given some to be prophets. Um, not like Elijah or Moses, but some people that are speaking forth the truths of God, making things known that can't be known outside of being revealed by God. There are people that function that way, have more prophetic ministries within the body of Christ. There are some evangelists. Now, again, an evangelist doesn't necessarily need to be a title. It's not something, you know, I'm evangelist, you know, Bill Buffington or whoever. It's a, an evangelist. It's, it's a gift. God gives. Some people are uniquely gifted that they share the gospel and people just respond. I mean, I, I, that's, that's probably the most amazing gift to me. You know, I watch Greg Laurie. I watch, there's several guys I know of that have that particular gift. And you watch them preach a message and just look at, I mean, it seems like every time they preach, droves of people come to the Lord. I watch that and cry. You know, it's better. It's like I watch that and I'm just like, look at those It messes me up. It gets me all, it gets me all mushy, you know. But I'm looking at like, man, just look at all those people. Like they're crying, they're coming, they're repenting. And I don't know that there's anything more amazing than that. But there are people that God's have given that gift to the body. I need those guys up preaching. I need them out sharing. I need them because I use them uniquely to draw people to me. Now, in the Greek, when it says in some pastors and teachers, in the Greek, it's, it really says pastor teacher. Because you can't be a pastor without being a teacher. A shepherd has to be able to feed sheep. And so it's really pastor, teacher. That's one and the same. A pastor is a teacher. So I've given those to the body. Why? So that they can know the truth. 
The job of a pastor, when you look at it in, in scripture, they're to tend sheep, feed them, tend them. Those are different things. You think of feeding sheep, you're ministering the word, you're making sure they're nourished, you're giving them sound doctrine. In doing so, you're protecting them from all the false things that are out there. And also, pastor tends sheep. When you think of a real shepherd with real sheep, he's picking stuff out of their ears. He's tending them. He's got to, you got to be involved a little bit. You can't tend sheep from way, way, way far away. You got to be involved. And it's looking out for them and seeing, hey, what's that right there? I mean, get that up, this thing right there. I'm not going to walk around, lick my finger, and be getting the crust out of y'all. But the, the idea is there's a concern, there's a genuine love, a care, and concern from a pastor to the fellowship, to the body, to the believer, to the sheep, where he, he cares for them. He looks out for them. He ministers to them. And God's I've given those gifts to the body. Verse 12, this is why, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Those gifts are given to equip the body, equip the saints so that they can do the work. Right? These are equipping ministries. Apostles sent out ones, they're going to equip people. A lot of times when people are sent out as church planner kind of people, they keep doing it. They don't necessarily feel called to stay somewhere. I'm more feel called to stay somewhere. So I'm, I'm amazed when I see guys are like, yeah, I planted 12 churches. And I'm like, you, you were able to just leave? Like, I don't want to leave Inglewood. I'm going to be, I, I'm, I'm Inglewood till I die. Y'all, y'all going to just have to be with me. So, you know, but I know guys are like, yeah, I'm going to been here and now I'm going to go over there. I think I'm going to go to Austria and, and I feel the Lord's just really been stirring my heart up. I'm like, you're just going to go all over the place. And, and, and when they go get it started, they raise up leaders and pastors and then they hand it over and they go do it again. That's a calling. That's a calling that, that God puts upon some people for the benefit of the body. They're equipping, right? They go, they establish, they set up, and they equip a bunch of other people, and they hand the ministry off, and they go do it all over again. That's a beautiful thing, right? It belongs to the Lord. It's an equipping ministry, and so they're for the equipping of the saints so that the saints can do the work of the ministry. I don't want you guys to miss that, right? The, all these other gifts are so that we can all do the work. There's no superstars in the body of Christ. There's no like, there's no role that's like, oh, that's like the, that's like the super role. You're the MVP of this body. There's no such thing, right? It's the whole body. A body is as strong as, we would say on a team, you're as strong as your weakest link. That's a body of believers is as strong as the group. You can't have one or two amazing people and then make up a strong body. You need a whole group of people sold out. So the goal of these gifts is to build up the saints so they can do the work for the equipping of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. And in verses 13 through 16, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the craft and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. One of the goals of these ministries going forth is that people wouldn't be so easily subject to the garbage out there. And that's my hope. You know, as, as we go through the word, my hope is that if people are here for a season, they, they move and go somewhere else, that they wouldn't be victimized by all the charlatans and all the people that are out there that are using church to abuse people and take advantage, that they would be people that know the truth. Something happens, once you know the truth, it's really hard to tell somebody, you know, a lie that already knows the truth. You know, it's like, nah, I already know better. I already know that. And that's part of the, that's why we have pastors and teachers and all those things that they wouldn't be led astray. Verse 15, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working 
by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. And that last verse is very, very wordy, but you may have to read it three or four times and just soak that in. The goal of it is that the whole body is jointly, it's like joints and ligaments, it's knit together. The goal, God said, I want the body of Christ to be just joined and knit all together where it's tight in love, right? We're not to be in here fighting with folks, with one another. And I've been blessed. I haven't seen a whole lot of that. I haven't seen it. It may happen. I don't see it, but I haven't seen it, you know. But we're to be joined together in love. It says every joint is supplying, you know, what it needs for the effective working. And it says this, by which every part does its share. And that's what I want to impress upon us tonight. As we looked at that first seven verses, everybody had a job. And everybody, when they did their part, God would be glorified. There'd be people that would miss wrath. They would escape the wrath of God. and God's will would be being accomplished as everybody did their part. So too in the body of Christ, when we're all doing our part, there'll be people that will escape wrath. There'll be believers in the middle that are built up, comforted, ministered to, helped. And most of all, God will be glorified when everybody's doing their part. And the last thing, so everybody's doing their part. And it says, causes the growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. And that's the result, that the body grows and it edifies itself in love. Just becomes a group of loving, edifying, built up believers. And so I'm encouraging us, you guys, that we would, uh, everybody here would look at themselves and these three questions you could write down, just stuff for you to go over, pray about. First question, are you doing your part? Are you doing your part? Whatever part that is, whatever part God has shown you you're supposed to do, whatever gifts you know you have, are you doing your part in the body of Christ? Second, maybe should have been first, what is your job in the body of Christ? As we were told, they were told that everybody had their lane they had to stay in. Um, what is your job? What, have you, what do you know that you've been called to do? So that's going to have to do with what gifts you have. If there's a gift or a calling that you're aware of, what is it? What is it that you know that God has gifted you, called you to do? And it kind of goes with the first question. Are you, are you doing your part? And last question, just similar but different. How are your gifts glorifying God and helping the church? So how are your individual particular gifts, how are they, how are your gifts glorifying God, helping the church? You want to be able to answer each one of those with clarity. Am I doing my part? Yes, like this, or no. So if the answer is no, then you need to be praying about how you can start to do your part. What is your job? What is your lane? What is the thing that you're called to do? Either you know it or you don't know it. If you don't know it, this is something for you to begin to pray about because there is a will of God for you. And God will make it clear. God's not hiding that from you. You need to seek him for what that is. And how are your gifts glorifying God and helping the church? You either can say they're glorifying God like this, helping the church like this, or they're not. And if they're not, you want to get them in the place where they are. Amen? And last verse, it's a verse, I feel like I've shared this verse every other Bible study, but Ephesians 2.10, God says, you are my workmanship, my poema, my work of art, takes pride in you guys, all of us, he loves us, takes pride in us. You're his work of art, created in Christ Jesus for the purpose of good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God would say, I've already prepared what I've called you to do, that you should walk in it. 
So you don't got to go figure out a new thing. You don't got to go make up something to do. God would say, it's in my hand right now what I want you to do. Seek me for what that is and he might reveal it to you. Amen. You've been listening to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. As we study through the book of Numbers, do you relate to how the people wanted to rebel, complain, and doubt what God's doing? Throughout this book, it's easy to pick up on a theme that God doesn't look kindly at a rebellious spirit or behavior. However, He corrects the people in a way that causes them to come back to Him with the right kind of heart. The lessons that He taught them are the same ones He teaches you today. He wants you to live fully for Him, not just say one thing and do another. This means not going about your ministry complaining about the things that bother you. God wants you to be overflowing with gratitude for what He's doing in your life and to look back at the struggles and recognize that He was the one who got you through. Are you enjoying these things that you're gaining from the book of Numbers? Today's message is available to listen to again on our website at calvaryinglewood.org. Once you're there, just click on the Teachings tab. Otherwise, feel free to download our mobile app to listen to more messages like this. Just search for Calvary Chapel Inglewood in your app store. If you're looking for a place to connect this weekend, we'd love for you to join us for church. Look on our website for the latest information on service times and locations. We're a group of people who love to learn from God's Word and be together as the family of God. Again, our website is calvaryinglewood.org. Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of A Transforming Word.